Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom Podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Darla Trendler. Hi, Becky. Thank you for joining us today on the Spiritually Minded Mom. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, I found you on Instagram. I know you have an Instagram account. Um, it's Becky Squire on Instagram, yes. right? And that's also BeckySquire.com. Yep, that's right. On your website. And you've written a lot of great things about family, family life, marriage, um, motherhood. And I, you're always so uplifting and positive, And that's why I wanted to interview to you today. So thanks well, for coming thank on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you just start off and just tell us a little bit about your family and your, your kids, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah, of course. Um, so my husband and I have been married for it will be 15 years next month. And we have four kids, um, three boys and a girl. And in fact, my oldest um, son, it's his birthday today um, that we're doing this, this interview. He's 13. Um, oh, and teenagers. Then, yeah. So my first teenager, but <laughs> he's so good. He's just such a good boy. And then my daughter is 11. And then I have a eight year old boy and a six year old boy. Great. Well, don't be afraid of teenagers. I have three of them. And <laughs> I love teenagers. They are, it is the funnest time. I know. They get a bad rap. But they do. They when really I really do. talk to people one-on-one, they're like, no, teenagers are great. We love them. So I'm excited. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of, you know, exchange one set of problems for another. Yeah. But it's a lot. True. There's a lot of really fun things about having a teenager. So yeah, well, that's exciting. Well, so from 13 to six, you've got kind of a yes. whole lot going on right there. <laughs> yeah. It's a busy time of life, but it's so for fun. Sure. Okay, so let's let's dive in, and I want to start with a question that okay. you hear a lot, but what is your definition of a good mom? So I love this question, um, because this is something that I've thought a lot about in the last, um, well, since I've been a mom, but this kind of answer that I've gotten in the last year or so has really changed how I see myself as a mother. Um I don't think that that a good mom is something that can only be defined by um, your children's actions. It can only be defined by your actions, if that makes sense. Yes. It's it's so important to remember that children have their agency. Um, I believe that as long as you love them no matter what, and that you teach them the best that you know how, that you are being the best mother you can be. Um, if they make a mistake, if they you know, show their individual personality, which is actually a good thing. Um, if they do that, that doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes them a child who is exercising their agency. Um, so as long as you're doing everything you can do to the best you know how, then that's what makes you a, a good mom. I, I love that definition. That is exactly kind of what I've come to realize in the last few years too, that, and I say this all the time, it's kind of come from talking with my other, my other mom friends and everything, but is that if you're trying in motherhood, you're a good mom, yeah. you're doing great. Yep. And like you said, exactly. you, you can't control your kids. They have agency and they can do what they want to do. That is an awesome, awesome definition. I love that. 
Thank you. So I mentioned at the beginning that you have a website where you write. I know you've written a lot of different places. Yes, more of a hobby for me. Okay. I, I really am not in this for any money. I just do it when I have time and, and you know, when I have the energy and when I'm not taking time away from my kids. So yeah, I would say it's a hobby for me. <laughs> okay. Well, then you bring up a really good point. So how do you, as a mom, how do you find the, t- the time to do that, to take time out for yourself? Do you know what I mean? Whether uh-huh. you're a mom that's going to the gym and that's your time for yourself or you're writing or you're, you know, whatever you're doing, how, how do mom, how do you find the time to, to do that and not feel guilty that, oh, I'm uh, taking time away from my family for this hobby? Yeah. So as I started kind of taking my writing to the next level, if you will, and really focusing on my blog, I felt like I owed it to my readers to post a new article at least every week or maybe more, um, to be posting on Instagram consistently. Those are kind of the tips that you hear, like, to grow your Mm -hmm. following, that that's what you should do, right? But ultimately, my family comes first. And I realized that nobody really cares how often I was writing, except for me. Like, nobody noticed, oh, she didn't she didn't publish an article this week, you know, maybe they did, but they, if they did, they probably didn't care. I was the only one that really cared. So right now I just write when I have the time. And right now in my life, my kids are getting older, you know, they're at school all day long and they are less demanding. So I do have more time. I will set maybe an hour or two every day to just sit down at my computer and write. If my kids need me, you know, even if they come to me and they just, want to talk about nothing, they don't really have something they want to talk about, they just want to chat, then I will drop everything to be there for them. They are my number one, and my husband as well. Oh, that's so great. One of the things I noticed that you were talking about on Instagram the other day, and in on your Instagram Uh account was a parenting principle that you said that you live by. And it's, and I really want to dive into this and figure out exactly what you meant by this. But you said prepare more than punish. So what does that mean? How do you implement that in your mothering? Okay, so first of all, um, this parenting principle, I, I, there's six of them actually. And um, if you follow my Instagram account, every Monday I post on my Insta stories and also on my account, I post a Monday message. And I have been going through a couple of these six principles on my Monday messages. So that was the first one, prepare more than punish. And This is something that I heard my mother say for years, and I believe she got it from a man. His name is Lynn Scoresby, so I don't want to take the credit for this. It was him that... Yeah, um, I know who he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... um, But what I'm doing with these six principles is I'm just kind of breaking them down and, you know, trying to help mothers as well as myself how we can apply these to our lives. So, um, yeah, that first one, prepare more than punish. Um, Oftentimes... I think we expect our children to act like adults, you know, but they're not adults. They're just kids and they are still learning. And sometimes that's hard to remember. Um, And not only are they learning how to do things physically, you know, as they're little and growing, but they are also learning how to manage their emotions. And we are their teachers. Um, There have been many times in my experience as a mother where I have gotten after my child for not hanging up their clothes or for climbing on furniture, climbing up the dresser, whatever it is. But then I stop and think, did I ever really teach them? Did I really say, don't climb on the dresser? (laughs) 
like, no, mm. I probably didn't specifically say that. But kids need those specific rules. You know, they don't know any better. They're they're still learning. So we need to teach them and we need to prepare them before we start getting after them for not knowing any better. Oh, I love what you said that we're their, we're their teachers. And you're totally right. Like how many times do we just make an assumption that they already know what we want them to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I do that all the time and I still catch myself. Me too. Doing that. And so just stop yourself and think, did we really teach them specifically this principle or this rule? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. And, and were there teachers and we also set that example too. So yeah, uh, that's great. And I love that you're sharing that every, every week, every Monday. Thank you. So tell me about a difficult time that you've had as a mother. Um, you mentioned to me that you've had some scary medical situations with your kids. Can you tell yeah. us about one of those experiences? What happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I'll tell you a couple. So obviously, as mothers, we go through many, many difficult times in many different ways. But yeah, I've had to experience a lot of medical trials with my children um, my oldest had viral induced asthma um, when he was um, when he was about a year and a half old. He got diagnosed with that, and I mean that you can pretty much figure that out from the sound of it. But it's just asthma attacks brought on by a simple cold. Um, you know, you catch a cold or you catch something, and and what would happen to my son is he would um, his you know, lungs and the airways would close up so he couldn't breathe and his oxygen levels would drop significantly. And that's really scary as a new mother. Um, and we had to take him to the emergency room probably every time he got a cold. And then there was this one time that he was actually about, I think he was about five. Let's see. Let me think really quick. No, he was four. And I had just had a baby, um, my third baby, uh, just weeks before this this situation happened. And I don't know if you guys remember um, June 2009, but that was the summer, that was the month of swine flu, mm-hmm. um, when swine flu was huge. And, and it was just kind of rare to see it in June because normally, you know, it would be fall and winter time. But that June of 2009, I remember like our ward canceled church and they canceled girls camp and it was just so bad at least in the area that I was in um well my son got I don't know if he if he initially got swine flu or if it was just a cold but he got really sick and we took him to the emergency room and he had to be rushed to primary children's he was um diagnosed with swine flu and also pneumonia and it was really scary. And I'm sorry if I get emotional, my voice starts kind of shaking. No, but that's um, okay. Like I said, I'd, I had just had a baby um, about two weeks before. So I had like a two or three week old baby. And my four year old was in the hospital, um, admitted in the hospital, and he was not doing well. You know, that was that was probably the most, the scariest time of my life as a mother, seeing your child like that. And, and, you know, I was nursing. And so the the doctors were saying, you know, if you have a newborn baby, you shouldn't be here at the hospital. Mm. Um, Cause you know, the, all the germs, everything was so contagious at the time and they didn't want me at the hospital, but how can a mother not 
sit yes. with her child, her sick, sick child at the hospital. And, um, and I re- I don't remember all the de- details, but I do remember one day I was up there um, at the hospital. It was really hard, but we had a lot of family around that was able to sit with my son at the hospital while I was at home with my newborn baby. And <clears throat> anyway, he was there for a few days and, and he, through the miracle of, of the priesthood really is how, and the priesthood has blessed our lives countless times. So tell, so many, tell us what does so that mean? Stories. What did the priesthood so, do for you? What is that? What so, is that? Um, so my husband and my father-in-law um, gave him a blessing one night when his oxygen levels were really low and they were not rising and it was just kind of a scary, scary few hours. And so they gave him a priesthood blessing and I was just at home couldn't do anything but pray myself and the next morning I got a call from the hospital and and he was my son was sitting up which was huge and talking and smiling and just had life back in his face and and they had not seen that for days so it was just really a miracle and and I know it was the priesthood because like I said the priesthood has blessed our lives so many times and it's not something that you can just look at and say, oh, he he must have just, you know, miraculously got or gotten better. Who knows why? Well, I, I do know why. <laughs> it was because of the priesthood. So I just can't deny that. But there's been that. And then my, my third, not my third son, my third child, my second son, he had eye surgery as a baby as well. And, and that one wasn't life-threatening or anything, but it's so scary to hand your baby over to a doctor and say goodbye yeah you know so yeah we've had lots of fun hospital times in our life so so what do you think got you through that you mentioned um prayer and the Mm -hmm. the priesthood how did you feel god in all of that well like i said i just when you pray and and allow the priesthood to um take it you know have it your husband or or priesthood leaders that you know um, who have that responsibility to use it, you can't deny whatever the outcome is. I just, you have to have faith, you know, whatever the outcome is. If he hadn't have made it, I, I mean, it's hard to say, but I don't think I could have denied still the power of the priesthood and the Heavenly Father was there. He was watching out for my son, especially when I couldn't. Um, I had to have that faith that Heavenly Father was right there. And I know he was. And that's, probably what got me through it (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say faith is what got you through that it sounds like so so it really sounds like you have built spiritual habits in your life that have helped you through difficult times like prayer being one Uh of them um how do you help your children have their own relationship with God it sounds like you have one how do you help your children do that as well yeah I would say that I I do um I do have a strong relationship with my Heavenly Father, but that's something that I have to work at every day. When I I feel the difference in my life and I know, you know, what it's like to have that relationship, then you want your children to. You want them to have that. And and it's hard because as children, you know, it's hard for them to really understand. That's something that kind of comes as you grow older, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so for now, I think the best habits to teach them are the daily personal prayer and scripture study, family home evening, you know, all of those things that they can 
physically see, that they can physically do. Um, we do these things as a family, which is very important, but we really try to emphasize the importance of doing these things personally. Um, I remember when I was growing up, my mother was always reading her scriptures. Whenever I came home from school, um, she was sitting at the table reading her scriptures, and I, I do have that desire for myself, but I'm not the best at it. Um, I, like I said, I, I work a lot on my computer because I write and blog, and mm-hmm. I do that in my bedroom. And so whenever I'm in, I'm in my bedroom, um, even if I'm just like looking at my phone or wasting time or whatever, if I hear my kids coming up the stairs, I will hurry and pull out my scriptures. And I know that's fake. <laughs> I know. But it, it might be fake from my point of view, but to them, they're seeing me reading my scriptures, you know, because often I'll do it after they're in bed or maybe early in the morning if I can't sleep or something. And so they don't see me, but I think it is important for kids to see you doing your personal prayer and your personal scripture study, not just seeing you do it as a family. They need to see you doing it yourself. And so, um, yeah, a lot of times I'll just pull out my scriptures and hurry and open them up to who knows what, and they'll walk in, oh, mom, you're reading your scriptures. I'm like, yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but my husband is also really good at applying the scriptures that we read together as a family um, to our life, and he'll ask the kids how they felt about this story, about, you know, Alma or Nephi or whatever it is, and ask, you know, what do you think he would do or whatever the question is, he'll apply it to their life. And I think that's so important because that's really how we learn and grow is by applying the scriptures to our lives. Yeah, I think that's so true is is bringing it, making it applicable to them. And just like, you know, I I love that you said that you saw your mother reading the scriptures and that gives you the desire to do that now as a mother. And then that's going to you know, flow down to the next generation to your kids. Yeah. Um, and for all, for all I know, maybe she heard me walk in the door from school and hurry and pull out her scriptures. That's right. And yes. <laughs> I and, and I know that you're reading your scriptures other times. So that, that yeah. doesn't feel fake at all. That's, I think yeah, that's I guess, great. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that it's not fake because I am reading, but usually it's not in front of them. So I try right. to let them catch him, but I wanted to share this quote that I love. It's by oh, great. President Benson. And he said, Catch the teaching moments. This can be done any time during the day, at mealtime, in casual settings, or at special sit-down times together, at the foot of the bed, at the end of the day, or during an early morning walk together. Mothers, you are your children's best teacher. Don't shift this precious responsibility to daycare centers or babysitters. And I would say we shouldn't, we also shouldn't shift this responsibility to primary or church. Um, That shouldn't be the initial way that they are learning the gospel, that should be at home. Um, We need to be teaching our children gospel principles. We need to teach them that it pays to be good and that there is no safety in sin. Um, We need to teach them a love for the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can really build their own testimonies as they grow. Oh, that that is so good. Yes, I I love that. We'll we'll need to include that quote. in the show notes so you'll have to send that to me that that is a really good quote we are you know that's why I'm calling this spiritually minded mom I mean that's Mm -hmm. that's our we we have to build that for ourselves and then we have to be there for our kids and and we're the ones on the front lines you know teaching our kids I have um like I said I have I have some teenagers and I also Uh have a a 10 year old um but I kind of have a 
try to catch those moments when I'm alone with them. And usually it's in the car because this stage of life, and you probably know Mm -hmm. this too, you're running your kids all over the place. So I have kind of a policy for myself that when, when I'm with my kids in the car, the radio doesn't come on most of the time. And I'm a big podcast junkie. I listen to podcasts all the time, but I turn my podcasts off and I try to talk to them because, you know, they can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> they're, true. <laughs> they're a captive audience. And that's, you know, that's when we, I try to figure out, you know, what's going on in their life and how are yeah. they doing? And um, that's a great idea. And I, that reminds me, I just read an article um, and I cannot remember who it's by. I feel bad, but the article was about how we should, um, when our kids are teenagers, we should be tucking them in at night and, Oh, that's how that's good. a perfect time, you know, to talk to them, you know, about their problems or just to listen. Um, and I find I, I haven't really done that. I'm, I thought it was a good idea and I'm going to start, I think. But my kids will come into my room, like I said, when I'm working and I'll close my computer and we'll just lay in the bed. And I love it when we don't even talk about really anything. We just talk about nothing. But I just feel like they are comfortable talking to me you know and yeah and sometimes we do get into deep discussions but it doesn't always have to be like that um they just need to feel like you care and you love them and that you want to listen to them that that is so good and it is so easy because a teenager you just say okay good night <laughs> go to yeah. bed you know yeah, and they're usually always done. i mean my and kids they're are, great they're like yeah let's go to bed whatever my so. kids are staying up after me a lot of the time i mean i'm like oh, not yeah. a night owl and i really struggle with that i I mean, I had an experience last night with that very thing. A kid came into my room and I was like done with the day and, you know, ready to be done. And they wanted to talk. And I don't think I really seized that moment very good. So I'm really glad you said that. That was for me because I need oh. that. I totally yeah, need well. that reminder to, to, you know, and it is the nighttime that you're so that wherever yeah. you read that they are right on. Like that is when kids want to talk. And that's yeah, a great time and be there and so it's good to just set aside whatever you're doing and and just be there for them that that is fantastic I love that okay so another thing that you mentioned to me is that you have seen God in the details of your life so Uh can you give us an example of that and and what does that mean to you really the biggest way I see God in the details of my life as a mother is through my kids um they are each so incredibly different (laughs) and you know, there's there's times that I have one child in particular, and every single day I just look at him and I think, where did you come from? And it's in a positive <laughs> way, not negative. He just, he's so unlike me or my husband, just one of those people that makes friends with anybody instantly, and everybody thinks that he's their best friend, if that makes sense. So, right. and he's just always so happy and so friendly and positive and outgoing and I just (laughs) look at him and think where did you come from but that's just kind of a testament to me that we are so individual um, and we have that individual worth Heavenly Father knows us so well in fact I have my daughter she she's one that I look at and I I don't know if you've ever thought this before with a child or with someone you know but I just look at her ever since she was a baby and I think your spirit is just so strong like she, mm-hmm. like, I don't mean this to sound like negative, but I just think she's probably so much more spiritual than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and not really by any physical thing that she has done. I mean, she's, you know, still so young, 
but I just feel that I can feel it in, in looking at her eyes. And, and like I said, when she was a baby, just, I could feel that intense spirit. And that's just another example of how spirits are so much more than I think we even know. Um, but heavenly father knows us. And so when I see those personality traits shining through my children, I just can't help but think, you know, Heavenly Father knows us so well, and He loves us so much, and He knows when I'm having a rough day with my kids, He knows the best way for me to mother them, and He knows that I am their best mother. You know, right. I think yes. a lot of times we think, oh, so-and-so would be, you know, you would be so much better off with another mother. I'm not adequate to be your mother. Whatever the thoughts you have are, but you are, you are meant to be their mother. We all make mistakes, you know, we're not perfect, but we all have our, as mothers, we have our talents. In fact, we just talked about this in Relief Society yesterday. I used to always get down on myself about how I couldn't throw a great birthday party. I couldn't throw a Pinterest worthy birthday party. I really didn't have any desire to, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't my thing. And my, my daughter came to me one day and she was like, mom, how come my birthday party isn't like so-and-so's and, you know, it's not this big grand thing. And I just stopped for a minute and I said, you know what, your birthday party might not be the best, but your birthday cake is the best because I make the best birthday cake that there is. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and she was like, you know what, mom, you're right. You, you do make the best birthday cakes. And so I think that we as mothers need to realize that we have our strengths and we have our weaknesses, but we need to focus on our strengths and realize that Heavenly Father gave us those strengths to serve our kids and to, because that's what they needed. You know, my kids, maybe they did want a great birthday party, but that's not what they needed. And no, they didn't need a great birthday cake either, but that's just a, <laughs> that's just a frivolous example. So, you know, we all have our spiritual gifts. And I think that, that one of mine is, well, so there's spiritual gifts in the scriptures, but there's also many, many more spiritual gifts that are not in the scriptures. Um, and we all have right. them. And, and one of mine is listening to people with sympathy or with empathy and not with no judgment. Um, I have a lot of family members and friends that will come to me and just tell me like their, their trials and what they're going through. And, and I think that I'm just really good at listening and Maybe that's something that my kids need. They just need a listening ear. So you really should like focus on your own spiritual gifts um, and how you can use those to serve your kids and those around you. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think we can't, we can't be down on ourselves because first of all, we have God who's our partner and he knows our kids better than we do. So we can turn to him for help, but he's yeah. also equipped us with what we need for those kids. Yes, yes so, he has. That That is for sure. No, no doubt about that. Well, Becky, I always like to end with one final question. Sure. Um, and thank you so much for coming on today. I've, I've learned a lot from you. But the final question is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? Um, so this reminded me of another quote. And this is also by President Benson. Um, and this is actually my, I would say my favorite quote of all time concerning motherhood. Um, it really made me step back and just kind of say like, wow, what, what am I doing? So let me, let me quote it. He said, 
Make time to teach your children the gospel and principles of gospel living when they are young. It may be that you too will need to renounce the world and devote above 20 years of the prime of your life in hopes to save the souls of your children. <laughs> and when I first read that, it just, like I said, I just made me really kind of startled and realize how important motherhood really is. Um, I really believe, and this might be controversial, but I really believe that if you are able to stay home with your children, that you should. Um, I know a lot of mothers need to work and they need to bring in that income and that's perfectly fine. But I also think that a lot of mothers do it because, I don't know, they just need to get out of the house or um, I don't know, what, whatever the reason is. And, and that's fine too, but if you're able to, to stay home with your children um, and like he said, to renounce the world and devote above 20 years of the prime of your life. We are in the prime of our life. What else mm -hmm. could we be doing? We could be, you know, focusing on amazing careers or whatever it may be, but we are choosing to stay home with our children and to teach them like, like we've talked about. And that is more important than I think we really even realize. So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So that, that quote just really gets me every time and it just helps me remind, cause I, every day, you know, I think, Oh, I would, maybe I should start this project or this job. I should work or whatever it is. And, and I just look back to that quote and that I say, you know, I'm really doing the most important work in my life. Um, and I know heavenly father is happy with that and, and that I'm supposed to be doing this right now. Yeah. And it's great. It's great that you've could feel that guidance from him and to know, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm doing what he wants me to do right mm -hmm. now. I, it, what you were saying kind of made me think of that quote and I won't say it exactly because I can't remember exactly, but it's by mother Teresa. Um, everybody's mm -hmm. heard it. It's, you know, if you want to change the world, go home and serve your family. Uh -huh. Something go home like and love, your, love your family. Go home and love your family. That's yeah, what that's, it is. That's a great quote. And I, it's so true because yeah. that's where, that's where I believe we can, start to fix <laughs> the world's problems right and right. you know it's little by little but but it really does start in the home yeah and in mothers that's it's so important we have a really important work and I, I love how you emphasize that that was that's great thank you well Becky thank you for taking the time to talk to us today I am so grateful that you would um, take a chance and do this with me so yeah no problem I'm excited um, I'm good, excited for your podcast. Good luck with your new teenager. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And thank you. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. And for more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. And I would love it if you'd leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day. And remember, you are doing God's work and you are doing it wonderfully well.